0: Man growing up with a cane pole in his hand, Like full of dreams, sitting down by the stream him to into the Corpus Bay. Give him a shotgun to please his mind. Give them quail well a few reasons to fly. Living in the city just ain't for me. I wanna go back to the country. I'm Take me to Texas. I wanna go down that open road. put the dog on the porch, and turn up your radio. This is the Outdoor Zone with TJ and Cody Ryan, live from the bunkhouse. Alright,
1: welcome radio listeners, podcast friends. Welcome, welcome, it's the Outdoor Zone, live from the bunkhouse. Yeah, it's just an old pin check on the back of the ranch, but we call it home every Sunday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Live Central or 24-7, 365 as a recorded podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms. Track us there at theoutdoorzone.com. My name is TJ Graney, and in the bunkhouse today is the beef. Gobble, gobble. gobble, gobble. gobble? No,
2: that didn't work. No i missed say, oh yeah oh yeah especially since cody in here i get to That's uh right. get to he always steals that from me
1: cody ryan is at the ranch and jack is the ranch hand that gets here early makes sure the gate gets open fires up the old pot belly stove here in the bunkhouse throws a little foil on that wire coat hanger that gets the signal out to you the regulators uh I am so glad (laughs) to be past Thanksgiving. What? How can you be?
2: Man, we had, I'll tell you what, we did something really interesting this year. We said we're going to have a grandkids Thanksgiving and only invited the grandkids to participate. (laughs) We're like, everybody else, get out. That's all we're going to do. And man, you know how I am. I get things in my head and I... What? Yeah, 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 and I got a plan. So we picked them up uh, on Wednesday, and of course this is purposeful. But as always, um, got a plan for them. And so remember last uh, last time we talked about my grandson, I uh, for his birthday I brought him back to the uh, the beef the beef shack, and we uh, we I said you're gonna learn how to grill, right? He'd never done mm-hmm. that before, right? So, this time when he got there on Wednesday, I'm like, all right, the venison meat is defrosted. It's in the sink, and uh, you need to go make burgers. He's like, well, well Grandpa, I don't, uh, I'm like, nope, I'm going to mow the lawn. So, I went and mowed the lawn and left him alone. He's like, oh, but I just, no, I'm going up there. See ya. Pulled a TJ on him. And uh, next thing I know, he he rose to the occasion. I didn't check on him. I didn't do anything. He rose to the occasion. Best burgers, man. He learned all the tricks. It was nice and charred on the outside, perfectly grilled, marked, you know. And uh, and it was nice and juicy and tender on the inside. He had his meat thermometer out. He was checking them like a scientist would. And so he really you know, that's scored. Funny.
1: That's funny because I was watching a buddy of mine who – um he broke both of his heels Yikes! and his boys, they're just turning uh, 17 and he, um, and he, then they do construction, their homeschool do construction and they had a big project and he, he fell off the top plate. I mean, wow. he's been a builder, a construction guy forever. Grew up doing it, and but you know there was just an accident, and it took him out, and he, uh, and the boys had to go finish the job, and then there was they had a, a deer hunt that they had to go on, which was a uh, a boat to an island, nice, and then camping out for several days, and then hunting the island for blacktail deer, and they killed a buck and skinned it and cleaned it and brought it all in. And the whole time he's, he can't go anywhere. He's <laughs> either having to crawl around on his knees or a wheelchair. And he's just beside himself kind of going nuts. But what he realized was, and the conversation that I'm having with him is this was where your boys are getting launched into manhood. Right. This and it, is Yeah. It's your success. Mm hmm. Because his yeah, they went out and they they built a structure on the back of the uh, place where they live and all this stuff, and he tried crawling out there and and looking at it and all that, and in that moment I realized that and he and he turned around and had to come back, and what he was realizing was that he was walking in there, in their space. He was he was micromanaging or whatever, and. And it wasn't healthy. And what was healthy was to allow them just like you did with your grandson. But you do have to lay down there.
2: a foundation of,
1: well, of, you have to see it have I taught them? Yes. Exactly. Have I done my part? That's exactly. what I'll tell you. Yeah. Have I done my part to raise my kid?
2: And <laughs> that's awesome. Huh? That's good to hear. One and, of the
1: things, one of the things with my youngest, I, I remember, uh, when he got down to a point where he was either make it or break it, I got rent, I got bills. Instead of coming to me and saying, Hey, I need some money, I need some help, he put an ad on Craigslist, Will Paint, and just started painting mm-hmm. with anything inside a room, out, whatever he could. He just started painting. Had his little car, he'd carry paint around in. He hated doing it, but he knew he had to make money. He never, ever asked me for money.
2: Well, that's, that, that's the I way it should thought, be. Yeah.
1: I just thought, okay, okay. He's he, that part of it. He's got figured out.
2: And the second part of it is as a good parent, you don't go rescue them when they're about no. that age. No, 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 no. And they got
1: to do, they got to learn to do hard things. Right.
2: Well, I had something planned every day. We had an, uh, we had an object lesson and they in, in every day. They did something. We went and we used the uh, the big pneumatic splitter and we did a ton of that wood on Friday. You know, all those stumps and all that stuff. You and Cody always teased me about, you know, about having an apocalypse wood pile. Well, those were all in like 30 inch big old stumps, you know, it was cut at 24 inches. And they had never done that before. And man, all afternoon they enjoyed it. It was hard getting them there at first, but man, they didn't want to leave. By the time they were done. And that was an incredible. Then that night we got to uh, put all some of that wood in the fire pit and do s'mores and stuff. So it was kind of this awesome like journey through the day. Then the next day I had some stuff that I'd put on next door that, I'm, that we're selling and getting rid of, as you can imagine, right, TJ? And so I told them that if they, uh, the people on uh, next door said, if you buy this set, this couch and this love seat thing, it's leather, blah, blah, blah. If you buy it before Sunday, me and the grandkids will deliver it for 25 bucks. And so, and it, somebody bought it, uh, we delivered it, and I split the money with them. You know, I gave them what was due. I said, I'm going to give you, I didn't split it, but I gave them, a, a you know, an amount. All right? of it. And I gave, one, no, I gave one kid 20 bucks. <laughs> And then I gave the other one 25 and he's like, wait, 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 Grandpa, what? Why did you give him more money? I said, because he worked harder. And so instead of being a negative, I turned it around and said, you know what? When we get back and I pull up in front with the trailer, there's a big pile of brush over there that I had cut down this uh, whole my neighbor stuff and all this that I cleaned up. I said, if you put that on there alone without your brother's help and I don't have to tell you. You, you can have that five bucks. And man, he jumped out of the truck and he told his brother, you don't dare come out here. I don't want you to come out here and help me. He loaded that up lickety split. And uh, he is not he's not he's got that lazy, you know, little thing going on as a 13 year old. And by the time we Sunday, uh, Saturday rolled around, they were asking me what we were going to do. And those boys, you know, they are ones that would stay up late and play video games. Shoot, 8.30, You're 9 well, o'clock, you know that, they were dead asleep, and they got up before I did. Best sleep they've ever had, they said.
1: That is the theory that we've found with all the kids that come to camp with us, right? and that's that yeah. the theory that uh, you, don't, you don't need to you know, we prefer you didn't give them the medications. Let's let it work itself out of their system. Let's get them on a routine. Let's get them sweating and eating correctly and get some protein in their body and some dirt under their fingernails and some sweat on their brow
2: and empower hey, them.
1: Yeah. Uh, another thing that uh, every young man should understand is how to use a firearm correctly and safely. You can get a firearm that'll fit a, a youth model, which is we have a whole theory about that, the whole theory about how to teach a kid. Hey, you know what we'll do? We'll talk about that here in a little bit. We'll talk about how to pick a, the right firearm for a youngin. but McBride's guns, family owned and operated local full service, full service firearm dealer, whether you're looking for a new rifle shotgun, personal carrier, special order firearm, the staff at McBride's can help. They have a gunsmith on staff to help you adjust everything, repair any firearms that you have. Um, need a personal carry class? They can help you find one. Need a youth model rifle or shotgun? Go where the staff is skilled and trained to help you make the right choice. McBride's Guns. Same place for years, corner 30th and Lamar. You can call them, 472 512 472 3532, or just go online, McBride's McBridesGuns.com, McBride's Guns.com, McBride's Guns. Our Hometown gun shop. So, uh, yeah, Turkey day was, a was a great time. I, we had our whole family came to the farm second time in a couple <laughs> of months. Uh, my mom's funeral and now Thanksgiving had the whole clan out to the farm. And man, I love that. I love, I am said, I'm glad it's over only because of the busyness that was thanksgiving mm-hmm. um but the holidays are coming and lots lots going on this month too and lots going on next year and it's a it's just a busy world out there for us and hey let's take a break we'll come back on the flip side and talk a little bit about how to pick the proper firearm for that young and or do you do you get a firearm for that young and yet that's the question, right? It's yes, the Outdoor sir. Zone live in the bunkhouse 24 7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com.
0: Yeah, and I know what they say, but they can't buy everything. Well, maybe so. You can buy me a boat. This is T-Roy Bruce Orr listening to the Outdoor Zone. Call me redneck
1: or white trash and blue. All right, welcome back, regulators. It is the Outdoor Zone Live in the Bunkhouse. Yeah, we're just an old tin shack on the back of the ranch, but we're talking hunting, fishing, and everything in between. Uh, find us every Sunday morning live, 7 to 9 a.m., Theoutdoorzone.com or all your favorite podcast platforms 24-7-365. Hey, Niall Maxwell Super Center. Nile Maxwell's month-long Black Friday sales event is on every 23 new Ram at the Nile Maxwell Supercenter. It's part of the most award-winning lineup of vehicles in Texas. Everything that includes Jeep, Dodge, Chrysler and Ram have huge discounts this month and don't and you don't have to wait. The savings last all month long. You can start saving thousands today with more exclusive Black Friday sales event rebates that will get you the best deal of the year. You have Niall Maxwell's personal promise to beat any competitor's price in Texas. Just bring in their deal and they'll beat it. So drive home for the holidays. For less, head to the Niall Maxwell Supercenter. We sell more than anyone else. 621 3 in Austin or visit online at nylemaxwellsupercenter.com now maxwell com. i'm kind of got an itching for a new truck but i can't no 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 <laughs> go away go away hey so i got a text last night <clears throat> cody ryan is at the ranch with the in-laws at the in-laws ranch yeah and they're on a ranch that has it's near rock springs texas right so beautiful. there's beautiful area beautiful area a lot of canyons and hillsides and but in that area it was one of the places where exotics were introduced to the u.s mm-hmm. and over the years a lot of those exotics <clears throat> have gotten out of course and yeah fences go down during a storm few audet few axes, elk animals and so they roam that area mm-hmm. and um Last night, Nicole was sitting at a feeder, had eight Audad come in, and she busted a monster
0: oh.
1: Audad. Those are. I funny. mean, it is a monster Audad. And can, can you imagine that? You're sitting in your deer stand, just watching the sun go down, kind of sipping on a bottle of water, and eight big old Audad come into your feeder. I remember... The first time I uh, shot a pig, I was sitting at a deer stand in a place I'd never seen pigs before. It was the last day of deer season, and my my thought was uh, that I would just be at the deer stand, be in the blind for closing day, right? Just It's mm-hmm. the last day. I'm just going to enjoy it, and like eight pigs came in. I'd never seen them out there before. And it's like, <laughs>
2: which one oh, to good. shoot? That's the, you know, I always
1: shoot. Like if I have one that has spots on it or something, I'm going to go after the, the, the one with some kind of different on it, red or wow. black and white spots or
2: not the size you want to eat, but uh, what you eh, want to
1: sometimes. Do. But I mean, I just go after the, oddball the deer i've been chasing all year at my place that well there was two big deer one of them got killed by a car uh huh <clears throat> or he killed a car and it took him out too and then uh the other one i saw he's come out twice this weekend oh and one side of his one antler on one side's broken off halfway down uh huh
2: Sounds like the one I got on opening
1: day. So it's like, golly. So I can't shoot. I'm not, not going to be able to shoot him.
2: Why? Because you can't mount it, is what you're saying? <clears throat>
1: you can't measure it. Can't measure it correctly.
2: Yeah, we need to. You need to talk to your uh, your game warden guy and kind of figure that out because I think you could. I think there is something uh, uh, that there's an opportunity to do that. You may not want to mount it, but. I get it. I think I just think well, that shouldn't be a deterrent.
1: Mount, I don't
2: mount deer anymore anyway. If one's outside the ear, the other one you gotta assume is outside the ear also, right? <clears throat> in your Assuming. particular accounting. Gets you put in jail. <laughs> so you so, wanted to talk uh, about the whole thing with kids and uh, and firing rifles and getting them. So set up?
1: a lot of people are gonna be looking for you know what do i get my kid what's the first firearm what do i and one of the things that that i'm just adamant about is please don't put a 30-06 a 270 even a 243 on the shoulder of a kid that's never that's not been trained and that and the first time they shoot it it doesn't have a deer in front of them or a hog in front of them or something that you're hunting And the theory is that you train them with the 22 that has a scope on it. Mm -hmm. You give them a thousand shells and just let them shoot the 22 until they don't want to shoot anymore, which is never. (laughs) And then they understand the concept of the scope and they have no anticipation of a kick or a loud noise or, and so when they go to shoot the bigger firearm that's shouldered um, and they're looking out in front of them and their adrenaline's pumping at, at Mach 10 mm-hmm. because they're looking at a deer in front of them that they're going to get to shoot for the first time, all that worry about kick and all that worry about loud noise goes away because they they, they don't know it and then when they do pull the trigger it's all it's all muffled by the adrenaline in the moment.
2: Yeah, most most kids don't remember. They don't even I ask them, you know, <laughs> about the kick or the the mainly it was about the loudness. They were like, "Oh, that's louder than I thought it was." But they mm-hmm. most of them don't even remember. You're right. So, you know, even in the adult shooting world, especially with handguns, I
1: use that same theory on everybody. Yeah, and
2: a tint and uh In the adult world of, you know, even like pistol shooting, um, you've got this thing where you're anticipating the kick, and that's where a lot of people will miss the targets or be off, especially if they, you know, pull like up to the left, you know, and you're going, oh, they're just anticipating this pull. I know that one guy um, at the range that did a uh, concealed carry kind of a class, and uh, he made you put a a shell on the end of your pistol and pull the trigger, dry fire it, uh, and not let that fall off. You had to keep it steady enough that the round, it didn't fall off of the pit of the barrel. And that's kind of my hand just
1: shake my hand shake naturally. <laughs> I couldn't do that.
2: <laughs> and the idea is that you're, that's the big biggest thing is you're anticipating, you know, tr- the, the, uh, and you're trying to offset, you know the, um you know the barrel moving or just the, you know going off the trigger pull, right? And so I think well, the kids—that's the main thing. I tell them, man, you want to. I even coach them in. You're looking down the scope, and I said, so breathe, and I want you to look at the crosshairs. And I said, see how those kind of go up and down as you breathe. That's an important part of this. You got to understand that too, you know, because you're going to be, you're going to especially. You get movement, right? And I said, you know, the important part is that you anticipate that you lo- you're looking at that and keeping that crosshair and know that it's going to be moving a little bit as you breathe, and you got to think about that just a little, little, just a little bit, keeping the back yep. of your So, mind.
1: Uh, so the thought is um, uh, a twenty-two with a scope is a uh, for sure first gun. Even but before that, if you back up. The Daisy Red Rider is an absolute first first gun, uh, a million BBs and <laughs> some soup cans in your backyard. Oh, yeah. And that's where you teach them all the how to shoulder correctly, how to aim with the right eyeball, uh, firearm safety up, down, the safety on the gun, yeah. all the, the first basic stuff that if they can complete that safely then they would move to the 22 or and then i'm not a fan of buying a kid like a 223 mm. or a, a, no we, I, we've had that experience, i wouldn't give right? them anything yeah. less than a 243 for a deer rifle or a hog rifle yeah i would I, I agree I, i agree because what you need when you have a beginner as much as i i tell them don't put a 30-06 out on a kid's shoulder which and i still say that but a 243 a, a 308 is a beautiful gun uh for a kid um or a 270 and the uh the reason is you need knockdown power because they may not exactly hit it. And 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 I hear guys say, well, I'm going to teach them to shoot it in the neck. Please.
2: <laughs> you don't do that at the first, you know. Yes, that may happen later. And uh, you know,
1: I mean, maybe I guess you teach your kid how you want. But uh, we've how many have we taught? Yeah, and,
2: a lot of them. And so, you know, number one on that list is. Is safety? I mean, gun safety.
1: I mean, that's Absolutely. part of it. Even that's where the, the Red Rider. I I'm I, as I agree. With that red Rider. I agree.
2: I agree. That's a good starter place. A gun and uh, it's got a uh,
1: safety. Right, it's and it's got a safety. And it you got shoots. the muzzle. the muzzle direction. It. Yeah, muzzle that's direction. Right. Keep that's that right. out from
2: pointing at anybody. It's a it's a great tool, but also when we're even doing the twenty-two. You know, how do you lay it down? Do you make sure? Well, it's the whole unloaded? thing, yeah. But
1: you, they should know. They should know a whole bunch of that before they even get the twenty-two.
2: Well, in hunter's safety, that's why there's a range day, right? You got to be able to put three on a paper plate, you know, at a, at a hundred yards. Because, um, as we know, shooting right marksmanship is being able to, you know, consistently put a good shot together. Don't have to. Hey, be. did you? Yeah.
1: Yes. Well, hunter safety. So let. let me Let me add one is more it thing. Nine years old. Nine you have years to be old. Nine to get yep. It? You have
2: to be nine. Of course, you you get your grandson to go at eight, didn't you? And uh, we just kind of. Sure. You know he'll go next year and get be able to get certified. But
1: absolutely.
2: The one thing I wanted to add to that on the 22 with the scope, I told you about, you know, the crosshairs bouncing a little bit as they breathe and you want to get them. But trigger pull is another really big thing you get to practice. And I think that is, gosh, number two on the list of difficulties because there's nothing worse than shooting and missing, you know, for a kid, right? At the first you want to make it as, as good of an experience as possible. So I think that whole trigger pull, being able to light on it and not jerking your shoulder and pulling it back, you know, like you're trying to engage a, 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 <laughs> something on a, uh, like a lawnmower. You know, you're not trying to pull start a lawnmower here. You're trying to just pick the and just squeeze the trigger nice and slow. And that's hard to remember, but with practice on a 22, you get it right on the right scope you can uh you get the crosshairs in the right place you think about your uh breathing just a little bit and they get a nice easy trigger pull man that's what it's all about they don't need to worry about or anticipate the uh whole recoil the loudness of it or anything and they'll be happy Well last can be. but
1: not last but not least I would suggest too, that we that you don't put them on a uh giant deer i
2: True. say
1: you start with the doe yep that start with be the doe the first then do a it. spike or some little funky horn four point or something but you let them work the way up if you start at the top with a monster
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> where do you go from there or their expectations are always that like oh that's how it works
2: yeah that's an important point i get it hey
1: something else that a Uh, that everybody looks at is finding affordable top quality healthcare options. It can be tricky for sportsmen, entrepreneurs, and those who are self-employed. Altrua HealthShare is a 501c3 organization that's been sharing in medical needs for over 25 years. Altrua HealthShare is not insurance. However, it offers a powerful alternative to traditional insurance and Skyrocketing cost. Altrua Health Share is a health care sharing ministry, which means that members commit to a statement of standards, which includes healthy lifestyle choices. A dedicated membership service representative team helps members navigate everything from finding healthcare providers to guiding members through submitting medical needs for sharing. Members can see almost any provider or facility. You can find out how much you can save by going to myshare.org, myshare.org, Altrua Share, where we care for one another.
2: So we love uh, teaching kids and getting them into the outdoors, and that's what we talked about next. We're going to talk about news of the weird. This is the Outdoor Zone. Catch us 24-7, 365 a year on your podcast. Favorite podcast station, or just go to our website to listen. And that's theoutdoorzone.com. Hey,
1: American Blood Brothers, this is Ted Nugent on the Outdoor Zone, live from the bunkhouse with my Blood Brother TJ. Whack 'em and stack 'em, would you? All right, welcome back, regulators. It's the Outdoor Zone here in the bunkhouse. The Outdoor Zone—we're always shopping from Mother Nature's grocery store. Fresh and delicious meats of every flavor: venison, pork, fowl, and even delicious bass. Post your shopping pictures on our Facebook page, TheOutdoorZone.com. TheOutdoorZone.com.
2: Well, let's talk a little Sun Auto. You know, everybody at some point needs to have their vehicle repaired, and it can be a hard—it can be hard to find a mechanic you. Trust. That's why we use our friends at Sun Auto Service. Sun Auto Service is a family-owned and operated auto and repair maintenance company since 1978. Each and every person at Sun Auto works hard to demonstrate that they take pride in what they do. And we want to be the place you bring your vehicle anytime it needs scheduled maintenance or repairs. Just go to sunautoservice.com to find a good location for you. Mine just happens to be 405 West Slaughter Lane. Yours might be 1300 Medical Parkway in Cedar Park and 1403 Rivery Boulevard in Georgetown and Lakeway at 1206 Ranch Road, 620. Follow them on Facebook for great maintenance tips and specials every week. Just go sign up. See what's new. SunAutoService.com.
1: All right, so regulators, now it's time for our news of the weird.
0: Huh? Wild, weird, strange, and crazy things can happen in the outdoors. We seek them out and bring them to you each and every week. It's time for the Outdoor Zone's Outdoor News of the Weird.
1: So, uh, one of the <laughs> things that we talk about all the time is how do you get people's attention and man the level of extreme that people go to nowadays yes Uh um one of those things and kids see it on the in the palm of their hand and occasionally you'll run across it in places but one of the things that that just is cray cray is the wingsuits
2: oh yes and you see people
1: You see people drop off of cliffs and just go into flight mode and they fly in between two ridges where they're just, you know, or a hole in a, in a rock structure. They just whoosh, fly through there. <laughs> yeah. and I mean, they're fast. Oh yeah. Super fast. And, um, so the news of the weird comes from France. France.
2: Champ, en France.
1: A pilot who a pilot who decapitated a wingsuit flyer with his plane's wing has been found guilty of manslaughter Ouch. an experienced skydiver was decapitated by the wing of a plane seconds after he jumped the french pilot has been found guilty of manslaughter and is operating and operating an aircraft without a bi- valid license yikes Nicholas Gailey, 40, an experimental skydiver and aeronautics engineer, was struck by the plane's wing seconds after he jumped over the French countryside. The pilot was found guilty of manslaughter and operating an aircraft without a valid aer- aeronautics license. Mm-hmm. The Montauban Christ- Criminal Court ruled Tuesday um, he was given a suspended sentence of 12 months and banned from flying for a year. Well, so manslaughter and fly manslaughter and flying without a license <laughs> is uh twelve months suspended, suspended and uh no flying.
2: Well, he wasn't supposed to be flying anyways. And so now there's saying-
1: was the last Gailey was the last person to jump from the plane after which the pilot began descending quickly the report the pilot and the wingsuit flyers had not discussed the trajectory of the plane would take the where the trajectory of the plane would take the plane and the plane caught up with gary and struck him gaily and struck him gaily was killed causing his emergency parachute to deploy a camera mounted on another wingsuit flyers helmet captured the incident and officials said they used the footage for their investigation
2: (laughs) okay so Now I'm understanding that he was one of the people on the plane.
0: He He was
1: jumped out. There were several parachutists and then he jumped out and parachutists jump out and they kind of rainbow down. They Uh kind of go straight down and, and a wingsuiter goes straight. So they jumped out and they started shooting in a straight line. Uh, not necessarily straight down, but out. And that pilot just flew out and, and button hooked around and whack.
2: You know, if Cody Ryan was here, he would go, I smell something fishy going on. Okay. This, does that seem weird? Was he just the guy Cody Ryan would say, did he, what did he say to that guy? What kind of conversation or argument did they get into before he jumped out? I'm not paying you. I'm not going to pay you anything for this. I, 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 I.
1: I was just wondering, I was just wondering what decap how you define the decapitated part. <laughs> now you hear about these wingsuit guys and they'll crash into the ground or they'll, or they'll hit the side of a Hill or they won't properly launch and they'll just go straight down. Pshh. Uh, And I'm thinking about the decapitated part of this. And so did his head fly off and fall to the ground (laughs) and his body parachute down?
2: Well, most of the time when you're flying on those, you have your head propped up. Like, so I'm thinking in my, I'm thinking that it was either from behind where he was flying in and the plane just kind of came into him and it hit the wing or it was a dead on like. Here he comes and holy crap, bam, you know, and hit the, I can only see it on the wing. There's no
1: quick stops, no quick stops, no quick left, no quick right. I I wouldn't imagine you got a whole lot of, if something pulls out in front of you, like driving a semi down an icy road, you're just going to (laughs) slide for a while.
2: So what do you think about his quote? That he said, I think my flight path made sense. This has been uh, the trajectory of my the life. The problem,
1: what they found was the problem was they didn't communicate. So the pilot and the wingsuit team, the mm-hmm. guys that were doing the wingsuits, did, wingsuits, didn't stop and say, okay, so once we launch, we're going to go straight ahead. So if you're going to bank, bank to the left, not to the right. They had they didn't have that calm con- That was the problem. And that's why he didn't get. That's why he didn't get totally smacked down on this thing. Although that's a pretty serious charge to be hit with. You put that on your resume, <laughs> and it's going <laughs> to cause you problems. Hey, it's
2: only a year. I just can't fly for a year. Yeah, yeah until that's
1: it. Yeah, I, I, you know, the whole manslaughter thing. Yeah. But- it's just probation for a yeah, year yeah.
2: and I didn't have a license anyway. So this is going to have, give yeah. me a chance to go study. So I'm pretty much
1: my... janky in this whole thing.
2: <laughs> Man, I don't know. This is, it's so weird. Um, would you ever well, do a wingsuit? Would you ever no.
1: try that? No, I have no interest in, I, what about skydiving? Young... I'd probably do that once.
2: A sky, you
1: no, would I'm I don't. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm up to doing anything just to try it out but skydiving's relatively safe and I'm sure if you're a wingsuiter you're you've got yourself to a level where you're okay with it. I mean I look at it and stuff but I don't I don't like I know I climb mountains and I do all kinds of strange stuff but I don't I don't really necessarily like heights. <laughs> and I sure don't want to be at some place like that. Well, but that's I overcoming I mean, the fear you, you people people do cool stuff that, that's just i mean what about the red bull bike riders that oh, yeah. ride down those ridges and stuff going 60 miles an hour on a little bicycle and they're i mean some of the stuff those dudes do like what are you doing so for what, one- what made you want to do that well we know what makes them want to do it we know what the dna of a male is
2: so my wife wanted to get me something for one of my big birthdays, you know, a, a, a birthday that ended in a zero and, uh, she found out, or we found out that if in San Marcos airport, that, uh, the parachuting, uh, it yeah. was, you, there's a weight limit to it. <laughs> so They, they, uh, they were like, Oh no, you know, well, that was the old days. You could do it now. Yeah, you you can do it now. That was the old days, but she got me, uh, uh, plain like instruction on a, no, not an ultralight, but a sport light. And it's only 1500 pounds. And it's like flying a, uh, like a little tin can. And, uh, when we were doing the inspection around there. I said, you know, what size motor is this? Oh yeah, yeah. You got to put oil in it. Make sure it's you know as you turn this thing over, eight hundred and eighty cc's. My motorcycle is fifteen hundred. I'm like, we're gonna fly in this thing. So I get in and uh, and I'm trying to push the door shut, and he's like, just slam it, man. He reached behind me, and it was such a tight fit. It could. I mean, I was. Makes me
1: think (laughs) about that. That movie that we watched with uh, with John Eldridge, the. what was that movie oh, where the, yeah. uh, the pilot flying and he's like
2: something of the wolf nature in the wolf? I will have oh, to man, get that. What is that? Where he says those Pe- people are dying at home. Here, hold this. Why wow, bang on He this.
1: Climbs out on the wing and he pounds the dead engine yeah. with a with the crescent wrench. That was awesome. Hey, uh, oh man, that it was one of the the joys of this return to the mountains last week with john eldridge seeing some of the movie clips that we've watched over the years with them hey is researching a new mattress keeping you up at night i spent hours online reading reviews before i walked into factory mattress knowing exactly what i wanted or so i thought after using the right fit sleep mapping technology I got a mattress specifically designed for my needs and saved 600 bucks. Turns out mattress shopping's gotten way more personalized than I thought. Shop smarter, not harder with science-backed sleep solutions at Factory Mattress. Don't miss the Black Friday sales going on right now with 50% off Tempur-Pedic floor models. Factory Mattress makes it so easy to save money. And you're back with free delivery, setup, and removal. Plus, save seven hundred bucks and get a free adjustable base on select premium mattress sets. Get the right bed right now during the pre-Black Black Friday and the Black Friday, the <laughs> Black Friday weekend sale going on now at Factory Mattress where we have sleep down to a science. FactoryMattressTexas.com, FactoryMattressTexas.com, dot will help you find a store near you hey we're going to take a break and on the flip side we got game board and field notes you don't want to miss it the only place you get it is the outdoor zone 24 365 at theoutdoorzone.com hey this is jeff foxworthy and you're listening to two of my favorite rednecks tj and cody on the outdoor zone all right welcome back regulators you're tuned into the outdoor zone uh the outdoor zone we're always shopping for mother nature's grocery store no we already did that one
2: <laughs> that's this right. is
1: your deer shooting gig gigging dove blasting hog dogging bass catching mountain climbing fly fishing four-wheeling adrenaline junkie outdoor zone radio show broadcast live from the bunkhouse we're going to get this figured out it- Pretty soon we're going to get this figured out on how to do a live recorded podcast. I promise it's just going to take, you know, we're, we're pretty new at it. I think 20 years, (laughs) experience the value. Keystone Bank. Experience the value of community banking where local matters. Come join the bank of choice for Austin community members, families, and entrepreneurs. We're Keystone Bank, founded by Jeff Wilkinson and his team and operated right here in Austin, Texas by locals just like you. That's why we're so invested in our community and its success. When you bank with Keystone You enjoy the local relationship-based service that sets us apart. You know who your banker is when you call over there. Banking at your fingertips anywhere, anytime, of course. You can travel anywhere and do your banking. To learn more, get started with the Keystone account. Visit one of our locations in person. 11,500 Bee Caves Road in West Austin, 500 Pressler Street in downtown Austin, or 900 Hutchins Avenue in beautiful Ballinger, Texas. Or just go to the website, keystone.bank, for all the information. Keystone Bank, where local matters. Now it's time for our Game Warden Field Notes.
0: These are the stories of the brave and courageous men and women of law enforcement, defenders of the outdoors. These are true game warden field notes.
1: All right, so there are... (laughs) (laughs) Man, we talk about, uh, Canada and I got some good buddies up there doing good work up there. There's some solid hunting and fishing guys that get it. There's, but man, their politics and their, uh, and, and some of the stuff that they're doing up there is just
2: wacky, wanky, janky, wanky.
1: Janky, and I ran across this article, and 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 I had some real thoughts about this. I'm just like, what are you? where have you been <laughs> out of control invasion super pigs set to cross US borders hordes of super pigs are running amok in Canada and may soon spill across the border in the northern US these wild barrel pigs which roam Alberta Saskatchewan and Manitoba in Canada are predicted to be moving southwards into Minnesota North Dakota and Montana what makes these pigs such a threat is that they are a result of crossbreeding between wild Eurasian boars and domestic swine the animals come combine the boar's environmental resistance and the pig's size and fertility to create a rapidly producing population.
2: Yep, it's hard to eradicate. That is so true.
1: <laughs> Hello, where have you been? The U.S. already started to be invaded by these feral pigs with around 6 million of the swine having entered at least 35 states according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Now, however, Canada populations may be descending north be descended from the north and then it goes into this whole thing a hybrid populations of wild pigs are not new to the u.s and it goes into this story about where hogs come from and and i'm thinking who is this writer and where have you been (laughs) i like These, these i know these pigs have been a problem in the states forever you're not this isn't some new thing happening that's super pig coming down here we've had super pigs here
2: yes forever and i i like where they uh went through and said the usda is attempting to keep the canadian pigs out of the us
1: oh my gosh
2: using aircraft and drones at the border but the problem and, is and
1: they're saying they're saying that shooting them hunting them is is worthless it doesn't do anything two to three the, percent to like yeah. two to three percent which we know that we know that it's, it's a low, it's a low solution. But I remember when, like, what was it? Alabama or, or, uh, Georgia or somebody wouldn't let the hunters hunt them and shoot them because they were, because they didn't want to get them all riled up.
2: That was Missouri. wasn't
1: it, when we uh, to one of those, yeah. one of our Southern brothers and I, I, but I, I read this article and I mean, it just came out, right? I mean, you just, you collect all beef is the collector of info and, uh, our data engineer and gets it all assimilated and sent out. And I read this and I thought, where have you been? Yeah. Where have you people been? Uh, this they just need not, to come over and ask us. There was. Right? There was not one. There was not one new fact, not one new piece of information in this. Oh my gosh, the super pigs are coming! Article that had that we haven't been looking at. Like, oh yeah, pigs. Yeah, well, and I can. You can ask an eleven-year-old kid in KOZ in Kids <laughs> Outdoor Zone, a boy in Kids Outdoor Zone in Texas. Tell me about pigs. Oh, yes, sir. Well, wild pigs, they're, yep, they're
2: $1.6 million. Uh, dollars, and they breed know. every
1: tw- <laughs> twice a year, could have up to 11 babies and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, golly, it was just. Well, I
2: thought this was interesting. It said, you know, hogs must be studied before defining a common strategy that must be shared between states killing, trapping. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, TJ, we just put in a wreck. And, uh, and and we just say we'll consult with the Canadian government on this.
1: They just have to call, call us, right? No, what they what? do is they call our buddy Dan Cook, who is already texting in from uh-huh. Virginia, and all he wants to do is kill pigs. <laughs> he could do it every day if he had the <laughs> chance, but he just needs to drive north a little bit. So what does Dan want to do? Card.
2: Has Dan got a solution.
1: He just wants to kill them. Man,
2: I'll tell Uh, you, there are some good night vision scopes now that are affordable that may, man, I'm telling you, those thermal scopes. But then again, who wants to go out and hunt at night? How many people want to do that? If you're out deer hunting, do you want to also go at night?
1: Well, you don't do it de- during deer season. You do it when you're not. You're not going to mess up your deer season. The USDA is attempting to keep the Canadian pigs out of the U.S. using aircraft and drones to patrol the border. <laughs> They'll let any other creature in, yeah, but they won't let our well, drones. Some are, creatures. Uh, they're watching for they're watching for pigs, but not humans <laughs> and terrorists coming across the border. So
2: you're saying it's the same border policy up north that it is down on the southern border of right. mexico which is pretty Apparently much let them something in. like that we can't control whatever. it
1: whatever they're more worried about pigs than terrorists or whatever <laughs> hey uh kids outdoor zone if you want to find a good program to to give support koz kids outdoor zone no kid left in fine inside uh you can donate cash money cars vehicles or land find out more about KOZ no kid left inside at kidsoutdoorzone.com. All right, we got to take a break, come back on the flip side. We're going to chit-chat about what were we going to talk about on the we're flip gonna, side? What
2: what what age should a should a kid be to shoot a deer? What is what is that age? And <laughs> oh, it'll be that interesting. And-
1: That and more coming up next with uh, Peter Report and Armed Citizen Report. You get it all one place live in the bunkhouse every Sunday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Central in the U.S. or 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com.
0: a man growing up with a cane pole in his hand. Food a pocket full of dreams sitting down by the stream but leads him to Cop corpus play. Give him a shotgun to please his mind. Give them quail well, a few reasons to fly. Living in the city just ain't for me. I want to go back to the country. Take me to Texas. I want to go down that open road.
1: all right welcome back regulators it's the outdoor zone live of the bunkhouse yeah it's just an old tin shack on the back of the ranch but we call it home every sunday morning 7 to 9 a.m live in austin texas on 102.7 espn or
2: 24
1: 7 365 on your favorite podcast platforms just go to the outdoorzone.com find it my name is tj grainier i'm tj graney i'm an outdoor <laughs> journalist and uh founder of kids outdoor zone koz and cody ryan is not in the bunkhouse this week he is at the ranch putting the smack down i guess putting the smack down i know his wife put the smackdown on a monster odd ad which i'm sure we'll hear the story of soon sure and beefsteak oh is in the house yeah I get to be beefsteak is the man behind the scenes making the show happen. And Jack is the ranch hand that gets there early and makes sure the gate gets open, fires up the old potbelly stove, puts full on the antenna, puts screw in the screen door, makes sure that thing doesn't go flying off again, and uh, just basically is the ranch hand that makes sure the show happens. And so we're grateful for him being here. On all the days when you just don't want to have to do anything. It's kind of uh, like
2: a babysitter, I think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's shaking he's his in head. Here, yes. He's paying attention he's like, for yeah. other reasons.
1: <laughs> uh, so the last couple of days, I've had this pile of, um, I forget what it's called, but it's a decking material and it's kind of a plastic decking material. There's like the- Trex? Is one yeah, of them. it's Trex. That's what okay. it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Well, I got a screamer deal on it a couple of years ago and I had it sitting out back and I needed to build a deck on the back of the farmhouse. And so I finally, the last, I went out last week and bought the lumber for it and I went and I've been building on it. And Cody Ryan has been my, told me because he's very familiar with trucks
2: unpaid consultant is what he's been yeah (laughs) and
1: he uh he's been he told me everything to do so the last two days i built this 10 by 32 deck framing it in and getting it all you know blocked and 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 leveled and everything done for it and boy at the end of yesterday It was two Motrin Tylenol, buddy. I was, (laughs) it was, it was a bit of a chore when, when I haven't been, I haven't, I, 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 what, I love that kind of, I love building. Mm -hmm. I love building and I love looking at things that I've built. It's a guy thing, right? You build something, you, yeah. you mow your lawn real, your yard real nice and you, you go back out after you're done and you look at it.
2: Right. I, I agree 100%. That's one great thing about construction is you get to go and you accomplish something every day. And some of the jobs, it may be months or years before you see any kind of accomplishment, and that can be difficult. But when you're building something, oh, man, look what I did today. You know the other thing that people do um, when they admire their work? you open up your gun safe and you uh you you admire your guns that are or in there. Or you go buy yourself
1: a gun mm-hmm. just to, to celebrate, you go to McBride's guns and you pick out the pistol of your dreams. That's right. Happy Thanksgiving to me. Or or the most economical thing that you can find over there, but they have you know they have used firearms. That's where Cody mm-hmm. Ryan got his over under and he shot that same shotgun since he was he turned old he would i think he turned 21 or 18 maybe and bought that shotgun with his own money and he shot that shotgun ever since beautiful and it was a used shotgun when he bought it beautiful and uh, the only place that we suggest you go in the central texas area is mcbrides guns they have men they have staff there to help you pick out the right firearm for you one that'll fit your hand that'll fit your shoulder they have all the different price ranges if you have a special order one and you want it they'll get it for you if you have an estate with a bunch of firearms and you need to sell them and get that whole thing taken care of McBride's guns can help you with that. Austin family owned and operated in the same place they've been for years, the corner of 30th and Lamar. You can call them 512-472-3532 512-472-3532 or online at mcbridesguns.com McBride's guns. That's our hometown gun shop.
2: So I got a question for you, TJ, um, (laughs) during deer season, Are you now a guy that only does archery and you're like, that's all I do, man. Uh, up and close and personal, or do you like to mix it up a lot?
1: I'll snipe a deer with the rifle in a minute.
2: (laughs) But every time I see you taking a picture out at like uh, out at the ranch that you're invited to that I can't, I never get invited to. You're always with a bow. You know, It, it seems like it's your go to.
1: No, I I I love a bow. I'm not as confident with one as I am with my uh, rifles. Mm-hmm. But I'm I, I'm not I'm not some elitist, or I'm not just caught up in the whole bow thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a meat hunter
2: me that's what we that's what we talk about at it and that's all i'm
1: i'm interested in okay i can go shoot a couple of does now i love my bow and i love sticking things with it and i want to build my competence with it and a man if a guy only hunts with a bow he's a bad bad dude if he's killing stuff with his bow (laughs) i had totally respect it but for me personally yeah i'll you know, I have a rifle spot set up at the farm. I have a bow spot set, two bow spots set up at the farm. I got no, no pride that gets in the way of me using a well, my re- favorite rifle in place and placing a small piece of lead in the <laughs> mechanics of a. There's something that needs about to be yes, pulled. having
2: both. I think the option to do both is is an incredible, is a better. I option. like hunting.
1: I like hunting archery season with my bow. Yes. I think that's a good plan. I like starting off the season in a really cool. Now
2: I'm probably going to get your blood flowing. You're going to get some texts over what I'm going to say next, but what I've learned is the mixture for me is you bow hunt in the morning and you rifle hunt in the afternoon or evening. And the reason
1: why that is. Because you don't want to go looking.
2: Yeah. I'm tired of it. it. I'm tired of it. I get it. You know, and I know that's part of the journey. And I've done it before. not know what Cody would
1: say? Well, Beef, you're going to go looking anyway. Oh, man. (laughs) I thought this was going to be a Cody Cody free zone today. No, I, I like that theory, though. I like that theory a lot.
2: And it just makes it more reasonable or fun or just enjoyable. And, uh, you know, hunting's not supposed to be. It's about adventure, right? But I remember the first time that I went bow hunting and I'd set up my thing. I got the wind down. I, I practiced. I did all this stuff. Y'all were great in helping me get started in that. And I remember that I missed my first, my first doe. And I was so distraught about it. I, I just couldn't believe it. And what you all gave me was a hint that what's my setup. And I was like 12 to 15 feet up in the air. And what I wasn't doing is I wasn't practicing at that. I was practicing at ground level and again, a buddy of ours. And so what I started doing is jumping on top of the suburban and shooting down. And that's the next time I was spot on man, right through the ribs, bam, quarter 20 away Went through the heart, went through the front leg. It was great. But a friend of mine went out last week, not this weekend, but the weekend before. uh, KO's one of our KOZ leaders and missed his first doe. It's up in a tree stand. "How, How tall is it? Oh, it was about 18 feet up. Small platform, could only stand with his feet together. Like, man, this is the advice I got. You got to shoot and practice at whatever position you're in up there in that tree, in that deer stand. And so he jumped up on the connex in the back of the the church back there and started shooting. And I got a picture on uh, Saturday evening with a doe with a perfect strike right through it, man. So that's all the difference is shoot in the environment that you're going to be in. If you're going to be at an angle, you know, you're up. 15, 18 feet. Shoot at that, and practice at that level.
1: You know something else? I had a, I had a, a, a couple of rifles that they're my go-to, been my go-to forever, and uh, kind of like use the sniper sniper methods of caring for them and all that stuff. Yeah, don't clean and them
2: I, in your in your words. Don't <laughs> clean
1: them. Yeah, that's what they anyway, say. Anyway, I was at a buddy's ranch at the beginning of the season, preseason, first hunt. And he said, hey, uh, let's go to the range. Let's make sure everybody's guns are sighted in. And mine were off a little bit. And so I got to adjust them out. And, man, it made a huge difference. It was unbelievable. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh,
2: Well, yeah, my 6.5, I had to say my 6.5. I had to throw that in there, you know, the Moore. for Cody Ryan. But that thing, man, it is spot on. I can't wait. This week, you know what I'm doing? This week I'm doing a What, well, you know we could talk about this on the on the flip side. But this week before I go out to the deer lease, I'm going to do a whole week of of hunting. During the week, I'm going to take my vehicle to Sun Auto Service. You know, everybody at some point needs to have their vehicle repaired, and it can be hard to find a mechanic that you can trust. But we use our friends over at Sun Auto Service. You know, Sun Auto Service is a family-owned and operated auto repair and maintenance company since 1978. When it comes to your auto repair and maintenance needs, brake repairs and transmission services, uh, Sun Automotive sincerely appreciates having the opportunity to serve you at a Sun Auto Service repair shop nearest you. Mine happens to be at 405 West Slaughter Lane. Yours might be 1300 Medical Parkway in Cedar Park. And also, it could be 1403 Rivery Boulevard in Georgetown and also Lakeway at 1206 Ranch Road 620. Sign up on their Facebook for great maintenance tips and specials every week. Just go to sunautoservice.com. All right, we're going to close this segment out. And coming up next... We're going to talk about PETA report. And man, this is how come they're, they're okay with bullfights and dog hunting, but they're not okay with anything else? We'll discuss that on the flip side. I want a little reminder that you can catch us 24 7, 365, seven days a week on your podcast, or just go right to our website to hear us live at, at theoutdoorzone.com
0: what
1: I've got on, when that's... I'm Everstar Pro, Ron Sheffield and I fish FLW. You're listening to the outdoors on Fish on. Up this morning, before the
0: sun, fix me... Mis-
1: all right. Welcome back, regulators. You're tuned into the outdoor zone, the number one outdoor show. And here's a notice to you, antis and terrorists, us bunkhouse boys and our regulators. We don't give in to you, anti gun crowd, PETA terrorists or the Taliban. It's how we roll here in the bunkhouse. Keep informed by riding the trail with us all week. Online at theoutdoorzone.com, theoutdoorzone.com. Hey, Nile Maxwell Supercenter. Man, I got an itching for a new truck. I have to continue to convince myself. No, no, no. But man, there's no better time right now. Best pricing happening right now. Taking thousands off MSRP on every brand new Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram at the Nile Maxwell Supercenter. It's Nile Maxwell's month-long Black Friday sales event, and it's on every new 23 Ram at the Nile Maxwell Supercenter. It's part of the most award-winning lineup of vehicles in Texas. Everything that includes Jeep, Dodge, Chrysler, Rams have huge discounts, and you don't have to wait. The savings last all month long. You can start saving thousands today with more exclusive Black Friday sales event rebates. That will get you the best deal of the year. You have Nile Maxwell's personal promise to beat any competitor's price in Central Texas. Just bring us the deal. Their deal will beat it. So drive home for the holidays. For less, head to the Nile Maxwell Supercenter. We sell more than anyone else. 621 in Austin. Or visit online at dot com. All right, now it's time for the PETA report for this week. <laughs> They are anti-hunting, anti-fishing, anti-meat, anti-you and your family's outdoor heritage. It's time for the Outdoor Zone's Peter Report, because we love animals, too. They taste great. Hey, shout out, by the way, to my wife who wants to shoot a rabbit, skin it, and eat it. What? Wow. Yes. That's huge. we've been watching that alone show. (laughs) <laughs> and so she's been inspired,
2: indoctrinated hard it.
1: things, not what she would normally do, but she wants to have some things like she chopped down a tree a while back and wow. she just with an ax and she just wants some things, you know, that she can say she did a new animal wearf- welfare law that took effect Friday in Spain outlaw[s] the use of animals for recreational activities that causes them pain and suffering. But allows bullfights and hunting with dogs. <laughs> uh, it bans the buying of pets in stores or online, but gives stores a grace period to find homes for their animals. In the future, it will only be legal to purchase pets from registered breeders. The new rule allows pets to into most establishments, including restaurants and bars. Wow. Okay. This this thing is all over the it's, place.
2: Yes, it is. It is mind.
1: just weird. <laughs> the law bans the use of wild animals at circuses and gives owners six months to comply. It allows zoos to keep using the marine mammals in their dolphin shows until the animals die. Bullfights are regarded as part of Spain's cultural heritage. A proposal to include hunting dogs in the law prompted an outcry. In some rural communities, and the government backed down. Government statistics estimate some 29 million animals are kept as pets in Spain, most of them dogs, but around 300,000 are abandoned each year, and about one third of these are put down. Yeah. The law also aims to introduce mandatory pet insurance and registration, as well as training for owners. Training for owners. However, those requirements and some other legal aspects were delayed because detailed administrative procedures have not been drawn up in the absence of sitting of a sitting government so it hey they need to learn from the US that you don't need to un- know how to administer something or even get people to comply you don't need rules you don't you just make a law <laughs> you don't have to worry about what happens That's after
2: right. Those, and everybody will stuff. follow it. Yes, of course.
1: No, and I, I mean, I think, how, how many stupid things do, but anyway, Spain is just all that stuff. It's I all mean, politics. Of all the don't things, bullfighting. Yeah. I've been They're to worried a, about dogs. Have you ever been to a bullfight? Not I have, a live one. I have. I went. Down. I would love to go, but I know it is brutal. It was really
2: interesting. Went down to uh, cross from Matamoras and went down um, to Monterey, and uh, ended up taking a bus to get down there with another guy. And they have them on Sundays, right? What we didn't know is on the way back, and it is it is in the stall area before they go out. They've got these long sticks with. Uh, like spears, they've got knives attached to them, and they're <laughs> riling up the bull. And told me that they were uh, in his broken English, trying to cut the ligaments in the neck,
1: so that right. They're well, not I thought they did that in the arena. I thought the matadors. Oh no, he's just there them. to
2: look pretty, man. They got to get him. They, 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 they pretty much make them, uh, you know, pretty soft. By the, I mean, they're still incredible, right? When the bulls come out there. But oh yeah, that bull will kill you. But they're they're uh, they're getting them ready, and it, it in that way, it's kind of like mm, I don't understand. But then you know, another guy told me the meat goes to an orphanage in the area, so sure, I'm all like, that stuff is yeah. Good. But the most interesting part is I didn't realize that the buses don't come back, and we ended up now. Remember, this was many, many, many years ago. This is thirty years ago. We ended up hitchhiking back. To the border, I don't have enough time in this segment to tell you the whole story of hitchhiking in Mexico, back to the border after a bullfight. But uh, someday I'll share that with you because it is very, it's very interesting. Um, you know, I like adventure, and that was very adventurous. But shifting gears back to Peta and dogs, you know, I don't know th- this whole thing. I'm kind of thinking, you know, my daughter. They bought a coon dog, a full bread, probably Why the needle. Why the
1: heck would she buy a uh, coon dog? Well,
2: number one, it doesn't shed. Our German Shepherd sheds, and I know that she yeah. doesn't appreciate that and like it. You
1: can get a Labradoodle,
2: and they don't uh, exactly. But this coon dog, you know what they're bred to do? I mean, yeah. I mean, it sounds like a freaking uh, ambulance running through the backyard. We've got it for this whole vacation or their vacation, right? And so we're trying to train this dog as best as we can during this time.
1: The and, shot caller?
2: Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Yeah. It works because all you do is there's a warning button on it that just makes a audio, and nine times out of 10, that dog will shut down when, it, when it, the audio beep comes on because it so knows Mrs. what it's gonna be, escalate to.
1: So Mrs. Beef let you take your collar off for a week, <laughs> a whole week.
2: She hit the uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, she didn't understand the whole Or does she
1: have two does she have two buttons well, you on can, her little thing? One for the dog and one for
2: There's on the remote, there's four little dog heads. And so you can program oh, okay. it for four different. So you could get
1: grandkid, grandsons.
2: Right, exactly. Get them yeah. under control. And but, her
1: and your little granddaughter just sitting in the kitchen going, "Can I'm? Let's just buzz them because they're making noise over there. Let's so just, just they, zap them."
2: That coon dog does not, and she's two years old, muscular as can be, and athletic, and just super jazz. Like I'm on C4 Bang energy drinks all the time. That's what she's like. I mean, because that's their personality, right? And uh, so she's not used to so being— So they must
1: live way out on a piece of land where that dog can run and have plenty of room.
2: Negatory, Red Rider. Negatory. Live. So they yeah, live in an apartment. Well, close to that. It's like a condo thing, yes. And so here's this dog. We've got him in the backyard. And you know, my whole backyard is that big green belt, right, that I've now expanded my kingdom to. And taking over part of that. Right. And your so, animal
1: observation area. Yes, my wildlife, wildlife observation wildlife area. Wildlife observation area. And so
2: what that what there's squirrels that are constantly going back and forth along the um, along the fence. And I mean mm-hmm. she just lights up. And they're like, Why is that doing? Why is that dog doing that? Why why does she kind of that's what they're bred to do. And so my warning here. With I bet this, your
1: neighbors are loving you. Oh,
2: man, they've already Facebooked. They've already done everything. I went over and apologized. I brought them stuff. I mean, it's, it's, I said, but that, so in one way, I can appreciate this story where there's a registration, there's a little bit of training out there. The PSA is know what you're getting. Talk to somebody oh, ahead I, of time.
1: There, how many people go out and they dream of having a Husky and they get a husky, and they or a dog like that. It just you get the wrong dog for your lifestyle. And and it's not the dog's fault. It's, it's crazy. No. no, it's not. It has nothing to do with the dog. Well, it's the the owner that's got a knucklehead.
2: But one thing you can't miss anyway. on
1: is your health share.
2: That's uh, that's something you can't miss.
1: Right? Well. Altrua HealthShare, Cody talks about this, being an entrepreneurs and being a, an angler, a professional angler, uh, whether you're a construction guy, uh, self-employed, Altrua HealthShare is a real option. It's a 501c3 organization that's been sharing in medical needs for over 25 years. Altrua HealthShare is not insurance. However, it offers powerful alternative to traditional insurance and skyrocketing costs. Members contribute each month to a membership escrow. Eligible medical needs are then shared from that escrow account. Depending on which level of membership someone chooses, there are options for telemedicine, counseling services, maternity services, and much, much more. Members can see almost any provider or facility. You can find out how much you can save by going to myshare.org, myshare.org, Altrua HealthShare, where we care, for one another.
2: All right. Thank you. Talking about PETA. I'm glad we're out of this segment. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the Armed Citizen Report. It's absolutely one of my favorites. Hey, if you didn't get enough today listening to us live, you can always catch us 365 24-7 on your favorite podcast or just go to our website at theoutdoorzone.com.
0: You like
1: i'm andy morgan and i fish flw and you're listening to the outdoor zone all right welcome back it's welcome back regulators here in the tuned into the outdoor zone the number one outdoor show in texas right here on the outdoor zone radio network available live on sundays or 24 7 365 at the outdoorzone.com. This segment of show brought to, uh, to you by our friends over at Keystone Bank. Jeff Wilkinson and his team operate right here in Austin, Texas, with a bunch of locals just like you. That's why we're so invested in our community and its success. Uh, when you bank with Keystone, you enjoy the local relationship based service that sets them apart. You know who your banker is. You're not going into a coffee shop to do your banking, you're going into a bank and you're going to talk to a banker and your whole banking relationship is going to be built around your friendships over at the bank keystone bank banking at your fingertips anywhere anytime i can travel anywhere around the country and do my banking pay my bills do all the stuff i need to do online if i need to to learn more get started with the keystone account visit one of our locations in person we've got eleven thousand five hundred b caves road in west austin there's 500 Pressler Street in downtown Austin or 900 Hutchins Avenue in beautiful Ballinger, Texas. Just go to the website, Keystone.Bank, for all the information. Keystone Bank, where local matters. All right, now it's time for our Armed Cinnamon, Arm, <laughs> Arm Cinnamon. citizen yes. Citizen yeah. segment for this week. today legal firearm owners
0: are protecting themselves and their families across the nation these acts of courage and valor are seldom reported throughout the liberal media the outdoor zone wants you to know the
1: truth this is the armed citizens report for the week hmm armed cinnamon i'm still in the thanksgiving mode you are man we had we had a turkey and we had An elk roast. I made an elk roast with brown gravy.
2: You know, speaking of that, before we get into Armed Citizen, I got to tell you that that meat that you all, you know, that hunt you set up for the kids and that meat that came back Mm -hmm. and I delivered, I told them the story of how it is absolutely, even NPR agrees that there is no documented proof about turkey being at the first uh, uh, Thanksgiving, but Mm -hmm. there were five deer and it's highly documented that the Indians brought five deer to this big celebration. So I said, if so you want to be like the OGs, you want to do the original style, you put some venison on your table. And I told that them
1: that was a, that was a pretty nice pack of meat right there. And
2: they were impressed, man. I'll tell you, they almost cried over it. and they said, my son was so proud to be able to put on the table, some venison, meat, some meat, that he harvested and then tell that story about Thanksgiving. And it was really cool to see that happen.
1: The home invasion in Tampa resulted in the fatal shooting of a man in his late twenties, early on Sunday morning, responding to a call around 1 AM. Tampa police discovered the victim at his residence in North Dexter Avenue. To stop bite being rushed to the hospital, he succumbed to his injuries. The incident occurred when three men broke into the man's house, demanding money and shot him multiple times before fleeing. Authorities are currently seeking to identify the suspects. Hmm. And so he wasn't prepared. They caught him off guard. They broke into his house in the middle of the night. And. His wife, his daughter, his kids got to see what happened. Shady Cove, Oregon, detectives from the Jackson County Sheriff's Office are investigating a homicide following a home invasion in Shady Cove, which occurred a- early Monday morning around 2 a.m. The incident began with a 911 call reporting that a homeowner had shot an intruder on Cleveland Street. Uh, the intruder was declared dead at 2:34 a.m. The home owner had a valid protection order against the deceased suspect. No arrests have been made in the and those involved are cooperating with the investigation. Oh, darn it. That that document didn't save them?
2: Uh, I know. That, can you believe that?
1: That I just don't So they had to protect themselves. Against this maniac breaking in their house in the middle of the night
2: did you did you hear about that in Florida where a homeowner shot and kills this hatchet wielding burglar and uh, oh my God yeah on Thanksgiving. So what would you do if a crazy man you know came running in during Thanksgiving with a hatchet to what would you do?
1: Well, it's Have a real fight. simple. It's a, a it's a simple prescription. You can use it in many different instances. You just in a uh, small lead tablet in his cranium, and uh,
2: so the stories on Twitter, uh, the replies are the most interesting about that. You know, um, one of them, so a
1: guy comes smashing into your house uh-huh. with an axe at Thanksgiving dinner.
2: Yeah. And then you shoot them. So yeah,
1: and the replies.
2: Okay, and the replies. We're so glad the homeowner didn't kill a family member. Uh, uh, It says, "I enjoy heartwarming stories like this during Thanksgiving." I'm like, exactly. That is so true,
1: right? What What about that guy that 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 lady that was being attacked a couple of weeks ago? She was being attacked, and some guy shot. who saw it, and he shot in the ground. Yes, near the near the attacker, and the attacker ran off.
2: Yeah, that was like and on the, the New said, York subway or Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and the lady said, "I wish he wouldn't have shot his gun."
2: Exactly.
1: And everybody took her out. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. you ungrateful lady. He got this guy and, he, just,
2: and he got fined and, put and yeah, he show, got in trouble taken away for that. Yeah. Can you believe it? Uh, the other comments were like, Don't, Texas baby. Don't bring a hatchet to a gunfight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I'd rather be killed Don't bring by a, a hatchet in on my property. Without like, oh man.
2: It says, I think I'd rather be killed by a gun than a hatchet. These are the comments that are on there, right? Oh, oh man. man. And, and just people started railing hatchet or a knife and people start, you know, but it's interesting because you get those comments, but then you get people to pile up on it. And they're like, hey, the NRA, don't talk bad about the NRA. They're they're in a big battle against Illinois taking our Second Amendment and our Fifth Amendment and our Fourteenth Amendment on rifles and magazines and everything uh, away from us. You know what I mean? So guess the NRA is not what it once was, a force against threats to our Second Amendment. It's better than that now. And so I thought this is kind of interesting, keeping informed of the real because that's what our grandkids talked about, you know, was that, what's the second question that you ask when someone says, uh, Hey, I was protecting myself and you shot him and they wanted to know if that was, thou shall not kill, you know, or thou shall not. And I said, that's actually interpreted as thou shall not murder. And so that is something where you are not protecting yourself. It's not in war. You know, all of those things that you've got, you have a right, to protect your family and that's a great,
1: that's a great way to define that.
2: Uh, the, uh,
1: murder instead of kill.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because one is just makes complete sense. Exactly. And so even at a young age, you have to be able to stand up because I know those kids get that in school. That's what they talk about all the time, and we have to set the record
1: straight. Did I tell right you? Did I tell you that in in California, I had one of my buddies? I think I talked about this a week ago, but one of our buddies, who is uh, a, a mentors kids through Koz Kids Outdoor Zone, and, yep. and he said that the boys in his Koz group were reporting in that there was some new kids in the school and they were in middle school middle school and in elementary school and they are talking about how their fathers were martyrs and killed themselves blew themselves up and their family were paid for it got paid for it got paid a lot of money and that when they grow up they want to be a martyr too what these are yes So these are kids that have made their way into the school system and they're talking about their fathers being martyrs and being heroes. And it made it into the conversation with the men in KOZ that's going on in the schools in California,
2: Mm, man, that's crazy.
1: Imagine a little boy growing up, his father was killed in in a way that they create this, they make it seem like it's this honorable thing and that their family was honored and they got money. They've created that behind what a terrorist does when they blow themselves up.
2: How do, how do and,
1: they, yeah. and how do you think that next generation of little boys is going to go? How do they sleep at night? I mean, that is <laughs> they're They're gonna be thinking how to when do I get to do that? How can I be a hero to my family? I mean, oh my goodness, gracious, Hey, uh, Mrs. Graney and I when we moved out to the farm, we researched every bed you could think of. We spent hours online reading reviews, and then we walked into factory mattress, knowing exactly what we wanted. Or so we thought after using the right fit sleep mapping technology, we got a mattress specifically designed for our needs and saved 600 bucks. Turned out mattress shopping has gotten way more personal than we thought shop smarter, not harder with science backed sleep solutions at factory mattress. Don't miss the pre black Friday sale going on now with 50% off Tempur-Pedic floor models. Factory mattress makes it easy to save money. And you're back with free delivery, setup, and removal. Plus, save 700 bucks and get a free adjustable base on select premium mattresses set, mattress sets. Get the right bed right now during the pre platform the black Friday sale going on now at factory mattress where we have sleep down to a science factory mattress, Texas.com to find a factory mattress near you factory mattress, Texas.com.
2: All right, coming back, we're going to wrap this thing up. Can you believe it's almost over now? So we'll have our final thoughts and we'll uh, ask TJ another question about his whole, uh, his Thanksgiving. All right. So just join us all week. 247365
0: at the outdoorzone.com This is Michael Waddell with the Bone Collector and you're listening to TJ Cody Ryan and Beefsteak on the number 1 outdoor radio show, the Outdoor Zone.
1: All right, welcome back regulators. You're tuned into The Outdoor Zone. Hey, follow us 24-7-365 at theoutdoorzone.com. Hey, uh, Beef, we, we were going to mention that the uh, we, we said early, and we kind of got off topic, but I wanted to just touch on it quickly. The age that we think a kid should start hunting. Mm-hmm. What age should a kid start hunting? We talked about <laughs> training them up using a red rider and then moving to a 22 and, and then, uh, from there on. And it's that kind of season to start thinking about nice little deer rifle, nice little red rider for, uh, for the holidays, but for Christmas, but we, uh, we, we didn't touch on what we said, which was how old do you think a kid should be before they start hunting? And I, I love kind of a round number of eight. but I know some other kids that are six or seven that are fine and I don't know that six or seven isn't fine for a rabbit or a squirrel or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot depends on the kid how the kid was raised. If you're taking a greenhorn, I think eight or nine's probably a good age for hunting your first deer.
2: I've always thought that we everybody should have Deer Camp 101 for kids where they sit in a blind and they sit along with you and they understand. That is
1: so, so good.
2: Yeah, without shooting. And um, if you can get them early, doing that, you know, five, six years old and get the anticipation. We talk about this with guys' hearts or about changing your life unless you kind of have been brought through it and you want to do it. How important is it really? And I just so think I, if you've set them in a blind and they sit there and they understand the process about being quiet and what's your anticipation and doing all that, it means more when they really I, do
1: it. I took John Michael. and I think I took all my kids. Cody was a little bit different because we kind of learned how to hunt together. It was pretty wacky. <laughs> um, but my other two kids, they came to the blind, Very little blanket, snacks. Uh, They would fall asleep. We didn't bring electronics, I don't think. Um, But we had other stuff, always snacks. And I'd shoot a deer, and we'd run out there. and, And I've got video of John Michael, my youngest, who's 24 now. And he was probably six Pulling on one leg of the deer and I'm pulling on the other and just the process, right? Yeah. The process of exposing them to here's how we do it. Here's how, and he'll tell you that his favorite parts of it were, and he was that little, he'll tell you about the family of raccoons that we watched one morning. He'll tell you little bits and pieces, little stories of things that he experienced when he was a little kid sitting in the deer blind with dad it wasn't about shooting.
2: No. And I, then he'd I think that's start the carrying process. his red rider.
1: Yeah. He'd start carrying his red rider, you know. And.
2: I think it means more. I mean, I've done it both ways where we've taken kids out on the Texas Youth thing Program, first time ever, anything, and they pop something at a really nice place and a really nice, you know, like, axis. And uh, it doesn't – it's important. Not like they really earned good, it. But – It wasn't the same, you know, when you've the anticipation and building up to it and understanding what you're going to do and then accomplishing it. I think it means more to kids when you do that. And it takes more time because you got to mentor them.
1: Well, and so speaking about that, I think one of the things that happens is a lot of times the industry of the outdoors or the opportunity to do a one and done hunt gets a kid out there. Something like that happens, but what's next?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: What is the next part of that? And that's where the program of KOZ kids outdoor zone has been such a home run around the, around the globe is that it is a consistent mentoring every month. The, the kid, the boy is getting mentored in, in the outdoors, getting trained and and also being with good men getting uh moral and spiritual guidance and direction Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: i had a a little little guy that uh that one of my leaders called me and told me a story about a little boy that was in his and a little boy i say 10 or 11 one of the boys in his koz group and that and that uh boy didn't have anything his mom and him and his sister were living in a trailer that had no electricity no running water wow. and and she was working really hard and they were going to school and they were just making it as best they could and he asked the little boy he said hey you want to go to breakfast on saturday and maybe get your hair cut and he of course jumped on it and he went and, and he picked him up on a saturday and took him and got his hair cut and and uh just went from shaggy to pride. You could see the kids back straightened up a little bit and they went to eat breakfast and he got a, uh, he ordered one egg and a piece of toast and, And my buddy said, Hey, no, 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 you can have whatever you want. And he ordered this big platter of (laughs) bacon and eggs and pancakes and ate every bit, licked the plate clean. And they were driving back and they were quiet for a minute and he was going to take him home. And the little boy looked at him and said, why, why are you doing this? Why are you so nice to me? And he goes, well, I love you. I care about you. And, and God cares about you. And, um, and the little boy just started crying and, It was just this beautiful, beautiful thing that happens. Uh, Kids Outdoor Zone, it's a a program that was started in a little church in South Austin. Uh, Beef actually has inherited and run the the very first group that started many, many, many years ago.
2: Have the privilege
1: of doing that, yeah. And now the program has grown. It's around the world, um, all across the U.S., Canada. um, If you want to think about sponsoring, donating, or giving to a cause, there's a great opportunity to do that. We're going into Giving Tuesday. We're going into the holidays, into the year giving. Just want to encourage you, KOZ doesn't take government money. No government funding. It's operated at, by men out of churches in all these around the world, around the country. And these men give up their time. They donate their time. They volunteer to raise up the next generation of young men. And not that the little girls don't need lots of love and attention, and but uh, KOZ is focused on the on the young men who are going to date our daughters, date the granddaughters. So if you want to give, just go to kidsoutdoorzone.com. Kids Outdoor Zone, you can give cash, you can give uh, land, you can give whatever you like. Just go to kidsoutdoorzone.com and support the mission of KOZ.
2: We're running into the – that's a good one. And I support it 100% and ask that you go out and support that too. It's an incredible opportunity. And if you don't have an opportunity to do on Giving Tuesday, Go sign up. You hear all the stories from us. Go to the website, kidsoutdoorzone.com and just put that you want to be part of it. I told you about the kid in my neighborhood that is now a dad and he signed up and he came last week. It was an incredible thing.
1: Yeah, you I got, got one yourself. that you a kid from your neighborhood that's now in Alaska as a coast guard.
2: Yep. Yeah. It's an incredible journey. Get on the get on the boat, man. It's an incredible journey to be there with Kids Outdoor Zone. All right. So, Beefsteaks inspiring quote is deep. Act as if what you do makes a difference because it does. And I'm serious. Take hey. that. Take that out. I uh, also wanted for Cody Ryan, I wanted to use uh, verse of the week Proverbs 11 24 and 25. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty.
1: Hey, this week, want to encourage you to get the kids off the couch, take them to the park, show them the birds, the trees, ta- heck, take them hunting, take them fishing. We don't care what it is as long as you get them into the great outdoor zone. We're headed to church. want to encourage you to find a good Bible-based church in your community. Guys, take your family and then go have a nice lunch somewhere. It'll make a difference in your family, in your world, in the world to come. Hey, from Cody Ryan, uh, Beefsteak, jack the ranch hand and myself tj granny we want to thank you don't forget to give back it matters and uh, from all of us to you god bless and i guess that's it for this week regulators let's mount up
0: but he was killed by a man with a switchblade knife a 43-